Hello and welcome to another episode of Ask. Wait, it's Ask. Your mom and your dad. That's what Kevin said. I'm your mom and your. your dad. I don't know. Yeah, this is another episode of Ask Your Mama and Your Daddy. Um, or at least, which means I was gonna say, which means if you have a mom and dad, why are you here? You should be talking <laughs> be to that person them. and. Um, and we are uh, streaming live on YouTube, which if you're watching this right now at this very moment, <laughs> amazing, because nobody knows about us. We're, we're nobody. I mean, we're somebody. We're Ask Mom. I want to stop rambling about stuff now. We, we um, had a conversation last week on what voices do you listen to? How do you know what voice to listen to? That was the title of the episode last week. And we talked a lot about fear and foundations of belief and things like that. But the reality was that was not where um, that question originated from. The idea behind that question was posed to us by our third eldest son. And he was like, Dad, how do I... And he, and he reminded us of the um, old cartoons and, well, really not the old, just the standard trope of the guy who's wanting to make a decision and all of a sudden, a poop. On one shoulder appears the devil. He says, do it. Do the thing that you want to do. And then up on the other shoulder is the, boop, don't do it. The angel says, this is not the right thing to do. It'll consider. And, um, I mean, it, it's always the devil that does the, 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 the part. It's always the do it, do it. It would be great if the, boop, there's a good thing you should do. An angel popped up and said, do it. And the devil goes, no, don't do it. That would that'd be weird. I just don't ever see it portrayed that way. <laughs> P-po-ray-portrayed, not betrayed. But, but. Yeah, I'm going to stop trying to explain that now because it doesn't make any sense to me. Speaking of voices that are on your right, angel on your left and angel on your, and devil on your right. It no, doesn't seem no, like the other way around. Yeah, because <laughs> angels don't have you on your left side. They only have you on your right side. There's an angel. Anyway, I'm going to stop to doing this. Mm -hmm. So the question really was rooted around the idea of what is... Um, how do you know to make good choices? You know, yeah. right? You know, not. It's not I about know, which fear. Which is the devil versus the angel when you're wrestling with something? The decisions are most of the time. I think according to what he was asking, most of the time you probably can identify it. Like this would be the evil side, or maybe the tempted side of you, or of the true enemy of our souls trying to say oh don't worry about this or just go ahead it's not going to hurt you or it's not going to hurt anyone else or that kind of thing or god saying on the other side which was what we would say listen trying to listen to god's voice saying uh you, you need to be aware of this you need to be and we know from um i think it's the book of isaiah that talks about the uh, or is a story of elijah anyway in the bible it's not from isaiah i guess yeah. yeah, Isaiah, kings, who talks about Elijah. In Kings? I don't know, you've told me the story yet. Well, Elijah saying he was looking for God, trying to hear God's voice, and it wasn't in the wind, it wasn't in the fire. It's a famous oh, yeah, kings. one. All the, Samuel, no, Kings, you're right. Kings. All the um, Hebrew children, according to what we see, would have probably known that story very well. They would have been familiar with um, God wasn't in the thunder, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the the earthquake he was a still small voice and right. so what i've always said and i even wrote a song about it is the problem with that is you really have to listen well because the voices around you the are going to be much much louder than god's voice the voices that the culture yells at you the voice the voice of your own sinful nature the voice of uh what everyone else is doing or what seems okay because it's not condemned over here but yeah. god's voice is pretty quiet and you have to search for it when you when you hear it though you do know it and most christian i want to say boys and girls <laughs> christians <laughs> um are pretty familiar with god's principles and so they're going to be understanding likely what god's saying in the midst of the enemy or the world or their own sin shouting loudly these other things the the problem is when you can't identify that and how sometimes like for instance a lot of the this is my thoughts anyway a lot of the news uh 
of recent, a lot of the popular stories these days, stuff's about stuff about um, the the COVID virus or vaccines or this or that. They want to convince you that your compassionate decision will be this way, or if you do it this way, then you know government will like you, and therefore obviously that must be God. You know those kinds of things. It's all these kinds of what seem to be they they get blurred. Anyway, I. Well, speaking of Elijah, I, I wanted to um, address that real quick because what you're saying about that voice, I was driving with Elijah um, to <laughs> our son his, Elijah. Yeah, our, speaking of Elijah, that's funny, huh? I was driving. That's why I said speaking of Elijah, I was driving with Elijah, not in his chariot, but in my chariot, instead of the golden chariot, is the blue chariot, and we were um, talking with uh, our daughter Micaiah on Facetime because when you're driving, you should always be looking at someone on the image on a phone. Um, Wait, that's the opposite of the truth. Anyway, he just passed his driving test, so congratulations, Elijah, who doesn't listen. Uh-huh. Um, and to this, well, he will once these days. He'll listen to it and go, oh, gosh, did he really tell everybody that I... Um, he did. He was really um, typical him, himself about it. Yeah, I mean, I did. So um, we were coming home, and we were talking about the issue of that, kind of this issue, what's on your sh- shoulder, on your right or your left kind of thing. We weren't talking specifically about it. But I said that the comment about um, getting... Uh, being married and having a committed relationship with someone in the proper context for sexual relations. We we're just talking in general about people. And he said, he said, well, you know, I'm not so sure I believe all that. And I, of course I was alarmed because being the pastor that I am, I was alarmed. And he said, he laughed and said, just to clarify, that's not. And I said, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, I mean, I'm not allowed to believe that is okay to have sex outside of marriage because of the Bible. So opinion or not, it's just not an option for me. And he says, but you know, who knows what's going to happen in the moment? Um, and, and I said, he says, but it's not an issue for me because I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> and I said, well, that's true. It's not. But the whole point of, about that is what do you do in the moment? And, and so he brings up in that conversation one of the issues about how do you know which voice to listen to? Well, one of those things is, one of the answers you've established that, too. yeah you establish you what you believe about you. something before you get in the moment mm-hmm. and we talked briefly about that um and and he was agreeable of that and so you know you're finding this conversation out so don't be too alarmed it was, it was conversation it wasn't you know here's my practice in life not even you know with covid life he's not been anywhere much to even have well, a relationship the thing that, that's that's what's going on though these days and i'm sad to hear that's one of our kids would be that way but they make decisions based on what they hear or know from their peers or what they hear or know from the world, which says, why, what's that? What's the problem with that? You know, but the Bible says they're clear cut, um, ordained things that God has put forth. And I was just reading Deuteronomy this week and I've, I was saying how I wish I had been a Hebrew, little Hebrew boy, you know, (laughs) that by the age of 12, you have all these five books of first five books of the law memorized because in your mind, then, you know, that from, which would be our book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6 and verse, and they wouldn't have had all that. They would have had just knowing that it was, I don't know, would it have been called Deuteronomy? <laughs> anyway, chapter tw- or verse 24 says, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. In other words, everything he's given us, all these rules or these things that you know the teenagers want to fight against because they're uh, out of style or out of time or whatever it might be are for our good they're for our best life i i just i want to keep preaching that to these um youngsters trying to make decisions god wants our best he wants what is best for us but he also wants us to enjoy life he wants us to have the very best opportunities to have a relationship with him as well as to live this life to the fullest the bible says you know, Jesus came so that we could have abundant life. Abundant sounds full and big and beautiful, not restricted and uh, miser- miserable because we're yeah. listening to the angel on our shoulder versus the de- demon or whatever. I just don't, I, I'm sad that even Christian kids don't realize that that's why there are rules. It's not because we're trying to please somebody. It's because God loves us and he wants the best for us. Right, well, and, and I think that what is important to understand here is that there's two things that are involved. It's not making a decision to do, being a clear-cut decision, which you were just talking about, no ahead of time, really. It's not the angel and the devil on your shoulder. 
Um, it's when you get to a place, if that's happening and you have this angel and devil kind of dynamic going on, it's because you didn't decide what you believed about a thing until you were in that situation, which means you decided to go with an emotional response or a, yeah. in, this, in, this, in a sexual thing, we're talking about a physiological response, which drives you forward. Um, and therefore, you don't have something that's, that's built up a, a conviction about a thing before you go yeah, there. In other words, my conviction, our up. conviction in our marriage, let's get off of the subject matter of sexuality for a second, because I think there's something a little bit more tangible in this. We have a conviction that we're never going to speak to one another in a way that destroys or downgrades our, our, our human character. You and I argue, we're married. So as a result, we conflict at times. And when we have those conflicts, you don't call me, I mean, like I've joked a number of times the worst I couldn't believe that time you got so mad at me, you looked at me and cussed at me and called me a creep. I've joked about that a number cuss. of times. I mean, whatever. Well, yeah, well, you know, you cussed in, you know, musical style, like in old school movies, you know, you called me a creep. That's a terrible word for the, okay. But you get the idea. But you have, but what I've listened to the way some people and couples argue, they literally start to disintegrate and begin to, to, to tear the humanity out of another person in order to win the argument. Does that make sense? Yeah. You may be angry at me. You may even call me a creep because my behavior has put me in that place. But I never have felt in the, all the years that we've been married, I have never felt that I am less a human being because of something you said, that because you believed that I was that and communicated to me in your language that you believed that way. Because you and I have an understanding that fighting is a part of a relationship and understand that when we fight, What's not on the table in an argument is that you're a terrible human being and, and language that might be used to describe you as, to, to tear you down as a human. Those are decisions you and I made long before we ever had our first argument. Um, but we've seen- I don't know about that. <laughs> because, but mo if we did, it was because that was the type of person we wanted to be even yeah. before we met. Yeah. Not necessarily in the middle of a, uh, decisions we were making as we were trying to date or anything. Okay, well, let me put it to you this way. Um, we didn't actually sit down and say, I'm going to be the kind of person who never says things about my wife that's terrible and tell, I'm never going to call her the B word. I'm never going to tell her that she's a, a worthless piece of something um, or not worthy of anyway, the ground. I'm not going to say things like that. Those weren't something I sat down and said, here's the list of things I'm never going to say about you. What I did have and what you just alluded to is there was something about who we are as people because of our relationship with Christ what we were taught growing up um, those kinds of things created conscientious barriers so that even in our worst places we won't destroy the other human being does that make sense because we believe that God has um he loves he loves you the same as he loves me he's not and in those moments we're misunderstanding each other usually or miscommunicating or or maybe even disagreeing but not not in the sense that we're going to put you in a i'm going to put you in a category over here that makes it so that i can destroy who you are yeah but that's also because our our understanding and belief is that god um, is the author of life. He's he's created it, all of us to to love and ch and flourish. So in the middle of those things, unless they're and okay, so I guess I'm struggling a little bit because there are evil things that come, and there are evil that might even like, for instance, even Jesus said to Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan," because in the middle of that argument, he knew the devil was trying to interrupt what was going on, not necessarily through Peter, but using that conversation to distract him to what the, the devil might want versus what Peter and, and Jesus would have lovingly communicated <laughs> without that, right? right. I think. So in the sense that the enemy can come into your discussions or your, uh, or your thoughts or your decisions and try to interrupt what God wants to do, but as far as communication with another human, you know that that person isn't someone you want to destroy with your words because you can't come back from that. That's going to be more right, difficult right. to well, even 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 when um, Peter and okay, in that story, first off, I want to point out if you're looking at the Gospels as a message, Jesus 
does not have a habit of referring to his disciples around him, at least in the stories now. Granted, it's a narrative. It's not an everyday thing. I'm sure he joshed with the, or Jesus with the guys. He, he poked and had fun with them like any, any you know, person would. But if I, I was just thinking as, as you're saying this, I was thinking, because when we talk about tearing one another's character down, oftentimes we think, I, my, I go to all these terrible words. But even if in the course of an argument or a, of a conversation, if I said to you on a number of occasions that you were a worthless human being, you know, just, and I said that to you uh, enough. And it was like, every time I got frustrated with you, I just say, you're worthless. This relationship is worthless. Sooner or later, that would begin to take a toll on you as a person. And you would start asking yourself that question. And so here's the thing. Can you think of any time I've ever in our marriage or in our relationship called you worthless? No, absolutely not. That's because it's something that I know, I and you had just alluded, and again, you alluded to this a second, and you said it pretty much, we believe because people are made in God's image that they all have inherent worth. So therefore, we're not going to call people worthless because they're children of God. It's just not something that's in our thing. It's not something I wait for an angel or a devil on my shoulder <laughs> to tell me, you know what, they're just worthless today. Just tell them they're worthless. Go ahead, tell them he's worthless. Hurt him, stab him, make him feel like he's no good. That's what the devil's going to be saying. And the angel's going to be going, and for me and you, the angel's just straight up going to go, you know better than that. And I think what happens, though, because that's a real, that's an illustration of reality. Because what happens is you you are torn down, usually by the enemy of your, you know, in your head, trying to convince you that you are worthless. So he, he, the temptation really is to throw that at someone else so that it's deflected off of you, right? But that's, the, that's a good <laughs> point. Know. That's a good point. A lot of times, not a lot of times, most times <laughs> when people are denigrating another person it's because they're reflecting uh projecting the psycho psycho yeah. psychological rash psychiatric psychogeriatric <laughs> when you get to my age it's just psychogeriatric no. <laughs> psychological term for you know uh what you're feeling it's it's you're you're projecting onto the other person what you really feel about yourself yeah. and honestly gosh that's such a common thing as we've you and i've been doing working with people in ministry forever and it seems like nine out of nine and <laughs> nine out of uh Nine hundred. Nine points. Say? Let's, let's use uh, something that's real common. Let's like the uh, chances you're going to die of COVID nineteen. Nine out of nine points. Nine point six out of ten times. How's that? <laughs> um, you are likely um, hearing someone tell you their problems when they're tearing you down. They're telling you what yeah. they think about themselves. And I and I think that and I think that um, that's now that's uh, that's what you need to take about take into a conversation with a stranger or somebody else so when they're coming at you to kind of help you interpret that maybe what's coming at you in a conversation shouldn't drive because if somebody says something nasty to you what happens the devil pops up on your shoulder and goes <laughs> okay. now you go right back at him yeah, and tell exactly. them oh you think i'm worthless let me talk again. to you about worth when was the last time you picked up your dirty socks <laughs> anyway again what's hard to hear though is god's real whisper and it really usually sounds that quiet of what you are worth and who who cares about you and because in the middle of those type of arguments which i don't know that's the context of judah's question i think it was more of a making a decision you know about whatever um but in those instances the truth of what how god really does see you who loves you if you're accepted or or loved no matter what decision you make right now is the quieter voice and unless you can dwell on those truths unless you meditate on God's uh, the way he sees you his love for you the way he wants to direct you and and care for you you're not going to remember him in the middle of that 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 devil's voice or whatever that's shouting at you you're worthless and you're whatever is going to be the loudest voice you hear because you you haven't stayed true to reminding you know the reminders because we're not going to get that from people very often and we're not going to get we do get it but we don't we don't even hear it right even from when it comes from people i don't think well and i um what do you think about the you say you may say that it's the quieter voice and we're using the story from uh first kings 19 elijah. Mm -hmm. of elijah and um in that situation, 
there's a lot of noise around him, mm-hmm. and but God wasn't in the right. thunder and the lightning and the wind and all that kind of stuff. The, the God's rock and roll show, and then um, and then there's a and then out of that he hears a small voice. There's a there's a it's a metaphor as well as an as a story. I think because sometimes I think uh, God's I don't think God's as quiet as we think he is. I think the the chaos and noise in our head is just so much like that thunder and lightning and That'd stuff. That'd be what I just said. Yeah, unless you dwell on his truth, you, you don't know it, you don't remember it in those times or even if you do. The stuff around us is much louder telling us right. to that we're worthless or that we're not pretty or that we're not good enough or kind enough or you know, accepted enough. We have to earn it over here. We have to do this right or we have to do instead of just knowing who we are. And being able then to set ourselves aside and then those arguments or those whatevers to consider the other person. Because those, those are usually the, yeah, I, that's what I'm Yeah, I I'm guess, saying. I'm sorry, I didn't, if I misunderstood you, I was, no, I was you're saying. you're just restating it. Yeah, I'm restating it. I guess for me it's like, so what you're saying is there's noise here. For some reason I'm thinking, I think God's probably talking at, at room volume. Because you and I have this well, happen a lot. You and I are. My experience is not that. My experience is God's voice is very quiet, and I have to pay attention. I have to listen really carefully. I have to take set aside time in my day. I also have to listen throughout the day. I also have to remind myself of God's word. I, I it doesn't. It's not loud to me. So maybe it is to you. And and some people I think hear it more loudly and and more obviously in their lives. Not to me. It's I'm drowned out by the you aren't good enough. You don't do enough. You you're never. Um, up to par, you know, <laughs> you need to do this better, you need to do that better, you, and, and or culture says this, the, this says this. If I don't stay plastered, <laughs> and, and I say that reminded of truth because I've grown up knowing truth, but, and being reminded of it, but sitting alone, quietly listening for God's voice, even that is difficult I work at it hard, and then I do hear his voice, and it reassures me. And sometimes it's dramatic, but it's when I've pulled aside and have been quiet that I actually hear. So I'm different than you, I guess, because I don't hear it at room, room, room volumes. Well, I'm, I'm okay. You're, you, you differentiated something from what I was talking about earlier, which was the external voices. Um, when we were talking about, you know, if I were in an argument with you, the things that I'd say... It's like, okay, I haven't taken time to break this into categories. Mm-hmm. Things that you say to others, the devil's yelling at you, say what does mean, that kind of thing. Um, and I, w- I referenced earlier that if you hear it enough, you begin to believe it. That's the internal voice. And you're saying, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that you're battling every time you have to sit quiet, be still, hear your thoughts running around in you and battle that so you can hear God speaking truthfully to you through the word, through your prayer time, to where you're going, okay, this is the truth, and you have to listen really hard for that because all of the voices in your head are battling for his attention, for, for your attention. Um, and that's, that's probably the crux of Judah's question because I think you're, you're coming at it from a couple of things. Number one, I think there's just that sense of your own sense of person, of worth, and, and who you are in God's eyes because I know Judah's dealing with that as a 19, nearly 20-year-old who's who's getting ready to go to college and facing a lot of decisions, some good, some bad. There's a, the decision you're making in a moment where the angel and devil show up every single day as you're walking through life where they're telling you what kind of human being you are because you've got God on the one side telling you that, you know, uh, with me, uh, all things work together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my person. The devil's over there going, yeah, but you've done things so terrible that nobody, not even God's got time for you. And then you've got how you treat and talk to others. There's different ways of, we're, we're looking at this from different Yeah, I was going to say, there's two internal voices, here external because voices. when you make decisions based on, like, for instance, you have to know what the Bible says is right and wrong. Right and wrong may be the easiest ones because, is that what you mean? And then, yeah. then there's communications about yourself or with other people that you have to choose the right words or you need to choose the right opinions or whatever. But when we're talking about right and wrong, maybe those are the easier ones. It's just the problem is... They're not always easy. Because yeah, the problem that, is your, your is passions get in the way sometimes. And that's... Okay, so again, this is... I know from my conversation with him and that, that's kind of the battle he's having with both. You know, so in the moment of uh, facing something that's a life choice, right? 
that's a decision that's being made. Knowing what's right and wrong, that's what you're saying, is when you go into that moment, you already have made decisions that set the stage for you to make the right decision when a specific circumstance comes your way, and now you have to apply what's going to inform your decision making is it going to be your emotions or your physical passions at the moment because I'm angry at or you I want to call you a useless useless person or because I'm attracted to you I want to do something oh, inappropriate see, there you keep separating that I think those are two separate things making a decision about what's wrong or right according to what the Bible says this is different no no me. but that's what I'm getting then at when you're talking to someone and you're considering words that might break them down the Bible is clear you shouldn't but I mean I no, I'm, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that. I'm saying the same thing you are. I'm saying that there is. If you're breaking this down, there's. And this is. And this is the heart of the question. What needs to be in place so that when you're in that moment, you say, "Do say or do," because those are different things, or both, the right thing. That if the that if the devil begins to bounce on your shoulder and start to tell you to do things, that are. Um, because the reality is the devil and the and the angel really the angel's your conscience right in the in the to use the metaphor the angel's your conscience it's telling you what is right to do that's the right and wrong the right choice the angels and the devil's telling you oftentimes to follow what you really really want to do which isn't always the right thing um, you may be you know if you're the right thing to do in an, on, um, a disagreement just in an argument is to seek understanding from the person across the way that you're arguing with. The wrong thing to do is to try and force them to understand you. And you don't listen to that person. So if you're not listening in a conversation, then it breaks down into an argument because now you're just shouting back and forth at one another what you think about it. Your, your training, your conscience knows what is right to do, but sometimes that devil on your shoulder says something to you and you lose your mind for a little bit, you get a little angry and all of a sudden you're acting in a way that's not constructive. You follow what I'm saying, do you? Am I really making no sense, or am I just losing you? No, I understand, but you're applying scriptural principles. Okay, which goes to back to right what we've been talking about throughout, right? Which is that in our relationships with people, we are not going to relate to people unless we come. And this goes back to last week's conversation. What are the foundations that you have chosen to trust? What are the larger voices in your life? that keeps you from following a narrative. Excuse me, last week we talked about a, a narrative, right? That keeps you from following a line of thought or a, or a narrative that's destructive. How do, and we've talked about it, like in, we've got voices coming from our culture, from the national news or from, or from the uh, government or from the ad campaign on television or what you're seeing on your Instagram feed. You know, things that are all trying to um, to influence your decision making just in commerce or in just day-to-day -day life what you should wear how you should talk to one another what you should think is important what you should think is not you and I hold the value that the Bible informs everything before anything else speaks into it right right so therefore you know we let we when you so when I'm saying that when we go into that moment and the devil devil pops up on our shoulders maybe it's a good way to maybe it's not but maybe it's a good way to put it the more you have decided before you go into a situation, or the more you understand the scripture, the more you have a moral code or foundation in place before you wind up in a, in a situation where that devil pops up, the better armed the angel is to remind you and to give you a foundation so you can actually win the argument when the devil starts like to fight with you. I that's what I was saying, we'll go to, but yeah, you said it right. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> I, well, I, I'm sure I, that's it what is. I meant. I'm sorry. I, the more you soak yourself in, in the word and remind yourself of the truth, then the more, hopefully, in those moments, truth will win. Truth will grab your your mind, your heart. But that's what I mean by it's a still small voice sometimes because the enemy, the the opposite, is going to shout at you. Yeah. What in the world? Why would you want to do that? They, you know, win this argument, push. Um, even when you know what truth is, or or what the truth is, what compassion might be, what um, the right thing to do at the moment is, it, it's not easy to choose sometimes because it's mm -hmm. it, there's a lot. The Bible says the world, the flesh, and the devil are all against you, and right. you have God right here saying, "But I'm here. I'm for you." 
and I want to help you. I'm your refuge. I'm your, you know, um, your stronghold, your everything that you need. But are you going to listen to that? Or are you going to listen to the world, the flesh, and the devil, the, all, uh, the, all the other three that are... And that's the question, power. isn't it? Are you going to listen to? What are you going to listen to? You know, we get into the... Um, the uh, the old we talk about this specifically from our point of view. There's that old uh, other illustration about the the kid that had the wolf on each shoulder, kind of thing, or the dog. Or it's got a lot of different forms. I don't know if it's where the fable comes from, but you know, and the one you know is is destroying them. It's the same thing, it's angel, devil, kind of thing, but they're kind of equal things. One's negative and one's positive. And the um, the conclusion of that story is well father or the, the child asks the parent in the situation how do I get to where I'm only hearing the the one that's speaking the truth to me and the father says well which one are you feeding yeah. and so that's what I hear you saying you know if you're if you're walking in a relationship if you have enough if you take the time to let the 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 foundation of what you believe in your life the Bible for us it to to inform you fully and to be and to really take the time to understand it you're better armed because you have one very very well armed angel to kick the tail of the devil when he shows up on your shoulder you see what i'm i mean i i get i kind of i know we're kind of going around about it a little bit but this is but i i don't i don't either i think also you and i are coming from it from a we're coming at the same subject from the way we different differ in it because on the on the other hand you talk about you know you have to really really work to hear um, God's voice sometimes because of the battles that are going on in your mind. For me, how often have I said that I need um, God to hit me in the head with a two by four because I'm making so much noise. He may be yelling at me, but it's not getting my attention. I just need him to whack me. And you've, I've learned over the years that no, I need to actually stop, settle down, sit still and focus on something. Uh, just, just quickly, I, I'm curious about this because I, I don't know that I've ever asked this question of you. When you sit down and you begin to think through or journal, or get get still. When you try to get still to hear that voice, um, usually you do that in the mornings because that's when your mind is, is. Is your mind the quietest when you wake up in the mornings, or is that just as much a chaos as it would be, say, at the end of the day? I'm just going somewhere. Right? I don't know. For me, maybe. Yeah. Uh, plus, it used, it's usually habitually the time I have set aside so it doesn't interrupt. The day because that's where I want it to start I want my mind to start on thoughts of what God would have me think of as opposed to my own even though I'm not as great at it these days because I don't have the interruptions that I used to have so I'll do some things early and then have better quieter moments later sometimes but so but yeah so generally though the mornings is just I like to be quiet so I'd rather plus I have a lot of things that I can pour out on my heart immediately but I don't have the burdens of the day just yet so the things whatever I've dealt with yesterday whatever I might pour out to God but I'm I'm ready to start the day trying to listen to him and then yeah. deal with the day well the reason I, I ask I that know. is for me whenever I come in I, like you I've made I find the mornings are the best time for me to think and my, for my mind is the most ready to receive but when I sit down I don't care what time of day it is my mind is always noisy mm -hmm. it's just and, and it's not always noisy yeah. for you it may be noisy with introspective thoughts or you know that's why I kind of i'm getting at how we're different because you and i are different people we approach it differently i don't sit down and usually i don't usually start my day with um i don't i mean my prayer time or whatever with like our meditation to just go okay i'm um this is where I'm struggling. I don't even know half the time where I'm struggling when I sit down or what I'm needing to, which, which animal I'm needing to listen to, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't for, always either, although there's a, almost always something on my mind I can start with. And, but I, I prefer to write all that down as much as I can before I read the Bible so that I can get it off my mind. Yeah, and I've, I've done that. I've, I've started by just, just writing. I mean, I'll, I'll even treat it like a like a letter sometimes good morning father here's what's on my head today and then stuff will start to spill out that's always what i do yeah and and that's not always uh i don't know where i was trying to get to. i'm trying to figure I, I know what i'm trying to get at but i can't seem to get at it right the reason i'm saying that for me it's i'm always starting loud and needing to quiet down in order to hear the one voice that's matters 
and then and so I, I start with arguing with those things and you and I just came off a camping trip it's often helpful just to withdraw I really want to point out that the only thing that was really functional yeah. on my camping trip um, was I didn't have a lot of hyperlinks that could distract me as well the let putting yourself in a place where there's less distractions is is hugely helpful to actually help you to focus down but um I think when it comes to um, having the argument with the angel and the devil, what we're kind of getting at here is that it's a good idea to have that argument with them before you ever find yourself in a circumstance where <laughs> one may have yeah. sway over you. Um, so well, and deciding who is for you. Again, if God is for you, who can be against you? Are you not going to choose the God of your life, the God who gave you life, who gives you breath um, the psalmist we talked about last night how the psalmists kind of relate to us and there there's always a, an argument it feels like almost every psalm there's an argument of why so downcast on my soul you know <laughs> put your hope in god because he's the one that will rescue it, you need to determine that that's what you believe because like you said in the middle of that why would you listen to a voice that's going to lead you astray why would you or why would you decide to choose that way you'll you're going to hear it but you don't have to listen or you don't have to obey it. It's, it's about obedience in the moment. Who and what is, is the right? Most of us know because if the Holy Spirit is working in us, he, we know what is the right thing to do. The Bible says you, you can turn to your teacher and he'll tell you, walk this way, you know, and this is the way, walk in it. That's in Isaiah 30. I love that because it's talking about turning away from Egypt, which was the temptations of slavery <laughs> i mean in reality if you think about it they were slaves but they had all these great things going on god says but over here i'm with you you're free and i'm your refuge and i'm everything you need like you're saying if you can decide that before you go into situations that are going to be questionable that you're going to wonder why am i tempted this direction or why am i thinking these thoughts or even uh, then i think then I think the voice of God will be louder and you'll be able to hear it. Like you said, it won't be quite the whisper. What I was referring to was times that you're drawing away. You really just, really just want to hear God or you need to hear God. Sometimes he has to get through all the muck of everything that's going on, everything that's shouting at you. Sometimes, I don't know, such as I think if, if a missionary was called to go to, you know, the heart of, Syria where there's a lot of unrest right now or something like that and he heard on all sides it's dangerous it's this it's that you know you're gonna die you're gonna whatever well all those things are true and there's quote truth in them but if God told him I'm your rescue I'm your refuge if you die you're gonna be with me anyway all those kinds of things we know are, are truth of scriptures then it would shut up all the rest of it because it wouldn't matter at that moment. You'd be choosing what God has set you forth. But those are difficult, difficult sometimes because you you are going to hear two sides of a story and both are going to have some truth in them. So to hear what God would say, it's and <laughs> our kids sometimes tease. Well, it's always the hard one. God's going God's going to take the hard. Yeah, you know, no, right. It's never going to be the easy one. It's always going to be the ones you don't want or whatever. I don't think that's necessarily true, although the Bible says he will give us the desires of our heart. The, the first part of that is when you delight in him, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. So when you're delighting in him, the desires of your heart are going to go along with his desires for you. They're, they're, you're going to, it's all going to be one thing. Sure. Trust in him is the, right before that. And it says, do good, walk safely, securely, all these things he wants for you, but also delight yourself in him. And then the desires of your heart are going to, come you're gonna see them but what i'm trying to say is it won't be as hard as you think i don't think but you'll you'll have the peace that passes understanding too and no one's gonna be able to tell you differently because you'll know that peace i don't know there's a lot i'm, of, I'm lot curious we're thinking about this what about um you and i make a great deal of assumption because both of us were raised even though my family was not as um uh authentic in their expression of faith we were church attenders and they believed in jesus and, and those kinds of things but as far as you know when i when i moved out started meeting other people who were also christians um including my wife i found what it was like when people were like that when 
a walk with Jesus was obsessive. It was in the home, conversed about constantly. My mother was one who says, you don't have to talk about Jesus all the time. And, oh. and it wasn't just, you know, she just didn't, it wasn't her world. It wasn't she grew up in. So I had yeah. a, I had, well, we had similar, mor similar moral upbringing. Um, the, the priorities of those things were not natural to me initially. Does that make sense? So is it only reasonable to assume then as well that someone going into an argument or into a refrigerator, you know, food is good for you. But the, <laughs> you said this, here's what you yeah, said that got my two. attention. <laughs> that, that got my attention. Both may have some truth in them, mm -hmm. yeah. but one is one is better. You know, food is good for you, so why not the whole cake? That was the angel <laughs> of the devil in the very same conversation, right? <laughs> and so um, there's uh, there's a and that by the way, when you do a why not the whole cake, that's not just gluttony. That's gluttony and selfishness. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. So I I'm um, I'm getting at you know that there is. It's not natural. To be moral, it's not natural to be considerate of other people before yourself. I use the word moral because it's it's just that's just the right and wrong. Is that what you're referring? Yeah, to? Yeah, right and wrong. To act in a moral manner and what defines morality? I guess right and wrong and what defines that? Those things are not inherent to humans. Those things are taught. Those things are passed down. Um, but we know this from study of ancient history that not every culture we can we don't, actually don't even need ancient history. We can look well, at modern newscasts and go and say. The way yeah. someone in Saudi Arabia feels about the value and worth of a woman versus the... We've talked about that, how yeah. it's a little more in our culture and people don't even realize it, that it's taught right and wrong. It's taught a lot more Western in our culture, culture is saturated with, with Christianity. Uh, judeo Christian yeah, morality. Judeo -Christian. Okay. And so it's not inherent to us. It's something that has been learned throughout centuries, at least, at least two centuries. Um, and so that's something that we, we have to, to bear in, in well, mind. Well, so, I was referring to Christians who are who have accepted God's plan for them, Jesus is um, who they believe in. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to dwell once you've made that um, declaration, that confession. So as soon as the Holy Spirit comes to dwell, you do have that. You, you have that God sense of because God will speak and remind you of what is truth, the Bible says. I think, that the, I think you're right. I think the first... Um, you're right, and yet I want to push back just a hair on it, in that the Holy Spirit, if Jesus, what Jesus told the disciples was, the Holy Spirit will come to dwell on you and remind you of everything that you have learned. So I, I think, or that and I've that taught you. And he is you. truth. And he is truth, and he, can, he comes to convict you of sin, yeah. to guide you into righteousness, and, and to lead you, guide you into all truth, and remind right. you of the truth. So I think that there might be a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, maybe the Holy Spirit, for someone who's, so you take someone out of a culture that uh, believes that human life is only worthwhile to the person who's living it. You're not a human. Even if you're a human, I don't care. I can cut your head off or whatever. Cannibalism, all that kind of stuff is fine. And now they meet Jesus. Now they become a Christian. They learn about love and they say, oh, wow, humanity is valuable. So that's the first value that they have. But how they would um, interact with other human beings would still somewhat be pretty much a mystery at some levels. So maybe at that point I would say, does the Holy Spirit, how do, how do we measure that? Does the Holy Spirit go, does it wind up creating a, a bit of, a, I love the expression on your face, like what I'm are you guys trying to say? Sure yeah, is, um, is, it's not, if they don't have the verbalized, written out teaching, this is exactly what it looks to value another human being. Would there be a learning curve in there for that person who's now going, okay, this is wrong. What I was doing here doesn't feel consistent with the one new truth that I have at this point, right? And so now they have to continue to well, grow Well, according to what I understand, they have the whole of it. They just haven't, maybe, you're saying they haven't read it on paper yet? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, do you think because that the, the, when the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit is the whole truth? When you become a Christian, everything. okay, so, all right, well, this could be a lot longer conversation and we're running <laughs> out of time. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, but if you look at, the, was, if you look at the Church of Acts... You see the Holy Spirit, the people, the people who came Christians, well, but when they, when people who were not exactly. Jews and had none of that background in there, the reason um, that, you're saying they have to learn. Yeah, they have God's to begin to put meat on the bones. The bones of Christianity is Jesus came to bring the good news of the world, to bring His kingdom to the world, and we are now a part of that kingdom. That's the bones. Maybe of I it. was even just saying that if you're wanting, the Bible says if. It, if you want to hear his voice, you will. So if you want to know what's right in that moment, you, you can discern that, right? Is that not right? I mean, if you... 
in that I, moment of making a decision, if you're if you're genuinely searching, if you're a seeker of God's understanding, the Bible says, of insight, of you know, of His wisdom, if you were generally that, and in that moment, you, you may flex and decide, you know, decide I'm not or whatever. I don't know because you could say no to it. But I think you're going to hear both sides pretty clearly, and maybe you don't know why. I mean. Is that what you, I guess I'm just saying I, I feel like most people are going to know at those moments what the, what the genuine, if they, you're right, I guess if they've been taught, maybe I'm completely off. Um. No, I'm not. Okay. All right. First off, we're going to wrap this up here in a second because we are at um, about 45 minutes and let's see, about 40, almost 50 minutes in. So we're going to, we're going to roll this up. Um, I'm not like some of these other YouTubers and people out there that I've seen that go well, an hour me... and a half. I, I'm, I want to say, yes, God can, I believe the Holy Spirit ceases behavior or at least creates conflict in the spirit that tells the person who knows not the rest of the story that something's amiss so that they go seeking it. Because in the end of the day, if you take, so Jesus summarizes, right? Jesus summarizes a whole of the gospel is love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbors yourself. Well, if there's something that's causing your neighbor to not respond as if they're being loved, then there should be something, an alarm going off, even if you don't know why the alarm's going off. Does that make sense? So I think the Holy Spirit does alarm us, but I think the reason that we have the letters of the, from the Apostle Paul and from, Tim, and from Peter and from James and John, all of these letters exist because Christians needed, new Christians needed better under fuller understanding of how this new way of life looked. And so here's the, here's the big takeaway for me in this particular question today. I mean, let's just do it this way. The question today is how do I know um, which voice to listen to, the devil? How do I deal with it when the mm -hmm. devil pops up on my shoulder and says, go ahead and do the thing, you know? I think the big takeaway for me in this conversation is today is if you don't have foundational understanding and have not had the argument with the devil on your shoulder and the angel on your shoulder before you get into the situations you're going to be at high risk of listening to the wrong voice and you and I have talked back and forth at length about how we approach it and for us it's about pulling aside time early in the day um, and making sure that we're feeding our we're having the internal battles that we need to have so that when the external opportunities arise, we're, we're Well, equipped. and what I was trying to say is, if you're longing for God's voice, look for it, listen, study, learn what it's going to sound like. So that in the middle, like you're saying of that, you'll recognize yeah. which one is his voice. I, I want to read this little passage because it encouraged me today. He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord, knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the one whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from the days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and, and all the upright in heart will follow it. So I just feel like he's going to be, and the, the rest of this psalm is about him being our help. And I thought my foot slips, your steadfast Lord helped me. When you, the cares of my heart are many, you console me, you cheer my soul. When we go back to him and ask for his help, this encouraged me because I'm so discouraged by all the evil that's going on in the world today and, and the way it feels like all the liars are thriving and the truth is being suppressed, you know. But who stands up against, uh, who stand up, stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would have, um, soon would have lived in the land of silence. The Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. I, I'm going to believe what he says, and I'm going to take that as truth, and I'm going to trust him because he knows more than I do. Layman's and terms. he's invisible, but faith is the assurance that he's there, and he's, and he, um, and it's certain that he's going to follow through his promises. I don't have anything else to believe in. So in the middle of those crisis points, I'm going to believe him. And I'm going to right. search him all the other times, like you said, so that in the middle of those crises, I can hear his right. voice loudly. And, and it's the one I want to hear. 
and with that, let me just kind of wrap us up and bring us. That to was a, Psalm ninety four, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, let me. <laughs> Psalm ninety four. Um, I, I want to wrap us up a little bit with that and just say, you know, it's really important to understand that if you don't have a firm foundation, this is what we talked about last time, and what you have just repeated. Without Him, Jesus, without my relationship with Christ, then I am not going to be able to accomplish the thing that I need to accomplish. I'm not going to get it done. Um, I'm going to wind up making the wrong decision every single time if I don't have something bedrock. Because me, I'm a whirlwind of emotions. There's sometimes where my desire is to to love people, and there's sometimes where my desire might be crossing a little bit of a murdery kind of line. but even and, and I love it that your face kind of goes. No, I don't know that I'd ever cross a murdery line. That's what your face said. It may not be what you actually said, but I. Don't, but your face went. I don't know. Why I would be murdery. But here's the thing. Even that betrays to me that you have enough of the resident of that voice in your spirit, that resident presence of God in your spirit, that the idea of being murdery, I might want to yell at you, but I'd never murder you. Is because of the reality of who God is in you. Because historically, people just murder people. You know, and uh, in our culture, in Western culture, we've become civilized. We've removed that because there's penalties associated with that um, that are that are more threatening, like being, you know, moved into a larger city where you can murder without fear. Um, haha, just a bad joke. But in, but the reality is, um, those those still are rooted in some sort of Judeo-Christian foundation. That's not always been the case over the course of history, even in American history. If I offended you, and how, how did how did um. What's his name? Alexander Hamilton. How did he die? In a duel. I'm mad at you. I'm going to murder you. And they fought it out and murdered. People died. So it's not always been the case where we would cross that line. So, okay. I'm, I could do this forever just because I like talking about the fact that we should be people who have filled ourselves up with, um, with a full understanding and relationship with, some, with a bedrock foundation in Christ so that when we face the angel or the devil on our shoulder, we can hear and listen and respond to the right voice. And I think that's really what um, all this has been about in some regard today. Is there anything else that we need to add? I don't think so. Listen, thanks uh, to whoever's out there listening. If you're watching, thanks for watching. Sorry for not hitting all the camera angles. If you're listening, that noise you hear constantly today is not bad um, mojo it's just the reality that it's hot and so we just left the fans on today and you're just gonna have to deal with that so and if you can't deal with it then you probably turned off a long time ago anyway thanks again for listening and watching and we are here on YouTube and podcasts available trying to at least do it at least once a week until we find a way in which we can do it more than once a week um, if you got questions you can um, put them in the YouTube comments underneath there and I'll look at them before next time promise and if you have because we like questions questions make it so much easier for us to get things done and um, that's all I got uh-huh. yeah Sawyer Clan you can say Greg at Sawyer Clan S-A-W-Y-E-R-C-L-A-N dot org will also get you some question opportunities to you because Sawyer Clan because we are Sawyers and there's a lot of us and therefore we're a clan God bless see you next time <laughs>